sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Oh, my God. It's been a whole year of this content just being blasted right at you. Who would, who would have thought we could actually do it all pretty much every week for a year? I mean, I know that we skipped a couple, um, maybe, maybe literally two, um, due to the holidays and, and me moving and, and so on and so forth. But, um, we've done, you know, well over a, a year's worth of content documented what, you know, besides this podcast coming out was one of the worst years in um, modern, the modern uh, set of human history, we'll say, um, just, you know, with all the dead people and sickness and all, but Hey, it's all out there. You know, maybe our podcast will be sort of like, um, you know, I just watched these art movies. Maybe we're going to be sort of like, um, uh, well, Pollock was pretty well appreciated in his lifetime. What about, what do you think, Tony? Is it, was it one of these like Rothko type guys who really got famous later on? Say Rothko um, was- maybe we'll be dead. And this show will be like, this is a true artifact of one of the most wild times in human history. And people will be sitting there listening to our garbage. See, both Pollock and Rothko were really appreciated in their time. Those big colour okay. fields that are in his um, chapel, um, they were commissioned by a um, New York restaurant. And I think he he received well, well over a million dollars for them. I think... Um, Van that, Gogh. How about Van Gogh? He was, is, he was definitely unappreciated in his life, that, for, that, for sure. That was the person that I was just going to mention. Yeah, that that's is an the, easy one. Yeah. The quintessential I was trying to be starving, yeah. starving artist. But the other one, because yeah. I'm listening to a, um audio book on it at the moment while I do some other things, is uh, Beethoven. He's another one mm-hmm. who was who mm-hmm. essentially died broke and underappreciated, and it's only through history writings, much like this podcast, it will be underappreciated in it, in its time, but will become right. a cult classic. It's we're up there with Beethoven, we're up there with Van Gogh, we're up there with freaks and geeks. That's that's where this <laughs> podcast stands. Arrested Development. Uh, yes. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, that's in there. Um, so I would say, Tony, I was thinking, I was, I was thinking about doing some art for the Instagram to celebrate our first anniversary. You know, do you want to get in the big diaper like the New Year's baby? I was thinking maybe we could do that as long uh, as it can be a Photoshop Tony job. Because in the big diaper with the crown or whatever, like the um, the, the the New Year's baby thing, whatever the hell that's called. I, I would lo- I would love to get that. I got I got to work on that. In a I'm not a great Photoshopper, right? Everyone's seen my art um, that I've that I've made on Instagram. So, um, and if you if you, if you haven't seen it, come come check us out, Beer Engine Pod on uh, on Instagram. But um, we got to get you in that big baby costume. Absolutely, I'm I'm willing to be photoshopped in the big baby diaper costume. Am I willing to dress up and don a diaper? No. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll be damned. You know the things you were willing to do for TAI, but you're not willing to do here. I really starting to pile up. I got to say, uh, sure it feels are. like that in year four or five of TAI, you would have been more than willing to put a big diaper on. I, I could, I can almost guarantee it that one of you would have put a big diaper on. Say, so one maybe of, did actually. Yes, I'm sure. 
I think Phobes might have. But what you've got to remember, I didn't get involved in a lot of those shenanigans. I only did the shenanigans that I wanted to be involved with. That was right. more a, a bohunk and and definitely a Phobes thing. When Phobes was drunk, we, um, we were able to get him, and especially when he was drunk and broke, just he, we could get him to uh-huh. do anything, get him to you eat get crayons. Um, <laughs> that's that's perhaps my favourite. <laughs> no, a turkey on it. Get a turkey. I mean, yeah, I think he did the turkey on his own volition. Yeah. Um, oh, that that was a pain in the ass. But the favourite one was the eating of the crayon because I think it came out of one of the <laughs> casino's kino rooms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. What a treat. Delightful. Um, Tony, I I messed up. I put this, uh, speaking of casinos, I don't know why I put this at the bottom of our notes. Nobody can see him. Why do I have to tell you that I did that? You guys don't know where I put these in the God dang notes, but um, Tony, I, uh, speaking of casinos, I'm thinking about going into one tomorrow. All right. Um, So my current state is I am 10, 10 days post uh, Pfizer vaccine. Uh, I'll preface this by saying I understand that the CDC has said 14 days after the vaccine means you are quote unquote fully vaccinated. Uh, everything I see about the Pfizer one, the clinical study started seven days after the second dose and all the numbers we quote on Pfizer are all based on seven days after the second dose. And, um, generally, uh, immunologists have said that the peak of your antibody state is around 10 days. Yep. So that's what I'm finding out, Tony. How irresponsible am I being by trying to go to the an empty, hopefully empty, and I was just down there. There was road construction all down Ogden. Nobody will be at the downtown Grand tomorrow because everyone will look uh, towards uh, the 15 from Fremont and say, oh, I can't get over there. Look at all that construction on uh, Ogden. I'm not crossing over there. I'm drunk. Uh, I'm going to go over there. It'll be relatively empty. It'll be lunchtime. And I thought I might try my hand at a couple of gin and tonics and maybe a, a 40 bucks through the old uh, bar top. What do you think? I think there is more chance of you getting hit crossing the road to the downtown Grand than there is you um, being hospitalized from a COVID infection. The reason I say oh, that, sure. yeah. currently anybody that has taken both doses of Pfizer um, both doses of any of the vaccines or even the single-dose vaccine that's out there, the Johnson & Johnson, is it? Is that single-dose? Yep. Um, yep. Nobody has been hospitalised with COVID after getting vaccinated. So even if you were to catch it, I think, which I, I, I think there's zero chance of that based on the right. literature you've seen and the literature I've seen, based on all those facts, I think your, your risks are so minuscule that you should um, take that chance and actually enjoy the little bit of real Vegas that that you have a chance to enjoy. Put 40 bucks through the video poker machine. Play a little bit of blackjack. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about a little blackjack. I need a buddy. I need a blackjack buddy. I don't have a great time doing it by myself. I don't know why. 2024, Um, Australia is looking to open up. Before then, no, they're not going to open up. So I can't get out of the country before then unless it's a right. funeral or a wedding uh, and then I can quarantine at home, maybe in 2023. 
I'm, I'm but, trying to uh, I'm trying to get our I'm trying to get our our friend Brian to I'm coaxing him out for some blackjack. Probably not tomorrow, <laughs> but I think I think maybe at the maybe the following weekend because we're sending the sending our ladies on it. My my my, my poor wife needs uh, is has been waiting to get her hair cut for one entire year plus. So yeah. I uh, I to me I don't know I um, I'm. I'm blind to them. It's like, oh, look at you, you have nice long hair. It's great. And she's like, I'm dying. Uh, so I do, we got, we got, we got to get that done. Um, and uh, we got to get, um, we got to get, and then me and Brian can go uh, fuck around at the South Point or something. See, if he's not willing yeah. to come out, just switch the game up. Even if you're not going to play for long, just tell him you're going to play Pygow. I know. He's a Let's pretty- play Pygow. Oh, I yep. will absolutely play. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. The only one I'm, I, I wonder if it's going to be as fun and I'm, I'm interested to see what the casino's like, honestly, because it is going to be different. I, oh, for sure. as somebody who hasn't really participated in society for uh, 13 months, other people have been still participating in the world. Uh, I just skipped it. So I, I'm not familiar with what the casino is even going to be like. I don't know what stores are like. Um, and my dad said it. He's like, "You'll be fine. What, what are you worried about?" I'm like, "I don't know. This is weird, right? I mean, everybody, you know, there's little dots everywhere, and I, don't know, I haven't been in there. I know there's some plexiglass situation at table games. I don't know how to what degree that is right now. Um, I'm very curious what that means at a craps table. I don't know what I don't know what that does. But um, they've got to be running I, at I'm half. It's probably yeah, running at half half casino. Half capacity, and they're probably um, doing similar to the poker thing where they've got like hand holes underneath, not hand holes, but like a, a cutout from the plexiglass, and you can get your hands through to manage your, your cards and chips. So I imagine you'd be able to roll your dice on the craps mm-hmm. table, but hey, I'm not sure I would be touching a pair of dice, and that's got nothing to do with COVID. Yeah. No, just, just it's the people not, I mean, COVID, everything else, everything else is spreading. I mean, that's what I said. I was like, I know that contact is like not a way that bad things happen for COVID, but for yeah. everything else it is. So I'm not, I am not looking to catch strep from some old ass woman uh, meandering about the, uh, the downtown grand. I'm good. I'll just pass on that. So I just might. I might stick. That just might be my new procedure. Is I'm just going to Clorox wipe that thing, create the super bug. You know, we're going to find the, the super. Hey, the super back is coming any day now. So it I'm is going to participate in it at this point because it doesn't matter. Yep. Um. So uh, yeah, tomorrow maybe a little casino gambling. Uh. Hey, if you're in Vegas, I need a blackjack friend. So give me shoot me a text. <laughs> um. Tony, I've been. Uh. I I have continued drinking beer this week. Uh. Tony, have you been have you been drinking anything? Any any favorite beers from this week that you wanna you wanna get out there as oh. uh, as anything interesting from the from the 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 down under world of hops and bar? I'm just doing a bad beer bit now. What do you like? What's good? I just thought I'd let you uh, choke on your own just words fall. there. Yeah, just no, fall good. on just your start, own. Just tell me what beers are good. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they were they were both from Bad Bad Shepherd. One I had during. Our get together on Discord, which we'll we'll chat about later, mm-hmm. and that was a um, chocolate hazelnut brown, and it had real chocolate in it, so it wasn't just um, just uh, brown malt giving that chocolate flavour, or, or chocolate malt, which doesn't really give chocolate flavour. Um, didn't have any hazelnuts in it, 
disappointing. Mm -hmm. But my standout was the other beer that I had from Bad Shepherd. It was called Poseidon. It was a triple IPA. Came in at 75 IBUs, only 10% alcohol, um, nice and and hazy, but wouldn't call it a hazy. Sort of not really uh, that neo-West Coast style that I've talked about, but sort of a a new style, juicy triple. Let's just call it that, a juicy triple. Really, really delightful beer. Very nice. What Uh, about yourself? I went back to a classic this week. I got to say, I went back to a classic um, that's been popping up around here lately, and I really hadn't visited it in a while. I don't know if you're familiar with this beer, Tony. It's called the Waldo's Special Ale. No, I'm not uh, at all. La- this is a triple IPA from Lagunitas. This is an absolute classic beer. Um, I don't want to say it's clear, but it's you know. Clear ish, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for at a eleven percent, eleven point seven percent IBA, IBA, <laughs> IBA. IPA. I'm, I'm dying. I'm melting down. I'm losing it. I'm hanging on by a thread, Tony. Let's see if we can get through the show. A hundred IBUs in this thing. Uh, I love this beer. It is. It drinks so easy. It is the most deadly shit you will ever drink. It is almost twelve percent, and you just knock these down. Uh, I mean, you can drink four of them like that four of them are down and you're just feeling like absolute shithole. Um, but I, I adore this beer. It's very tasty. Um, been on draft a lot of places around here. Uh, that's a great one to drink in the daytime. Boy, if you just want to tie a quick buzz on sip on one of them, sip on 12 ounces of that at at 1 PM on a Sunday, huh? Um, you can, you can get your hangover and your, uh, your buzz and your hangover out of the way by six. Not bad. That that is the Um, way to do it. That is the move, and um, I, I I love it. I don't know. Do you guys get Lagunitas at all, Tony? We do, there? but not that particular beer. We we do get Lagunitas from time to time, and even in in sort of the big supermarket chain that is um, Dan Murphy's, we do see Lagunitas. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily go for something like that because I don't know whether they're still importing it or it's brewed under license because we're getting a lot of stuff brewed under license that um, no, you is got the, really quite good. Like, you just brewed under license or Voodoo? voodoo. Like, you told me about the Voodoo, yeah. Voodoo was brewed under license. That's what I'm saying about Lagunitas. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it's being brewed under license here. Okay. So even if I was to see something like that on the shelves, I'm not sure whether we're getting it in good enough condition to justify the dollars that I have to spend on it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's not. This the, is a hard beer to make, I would guess too. Yeah. It's it's not an easy beer to to contract. And this is not a beer that, okay, it's going to be out of date within even six weeks. This this will hold on for three months, but if it's being imported into the country, got to go through customs, and then yeah. it's got to go through distribution chains. It could be another three months until I see it. So. At that point, yeah, it is too long in the tooth. It won't hang on for six months. And to justify the, the $14, 16 $18 that I'm going to have to spend on it, um, it's too big a gamble. Yes, I can check the um, the canned on dates, but I'm not that kind of beer nerd that, that goes around checking every can that he puts in his trolley for, for brewed on dates. I am. I am that guy. Yeah. No, that's me. 
Um, I am absolutely that guy. I, but now with now with Waldos, I'm not as worried about it because when it appears at Corey's, I have some confidence that they're not putting old Waldos on the shelves. Um, uh, some beers I don't care about it as much. So like Cool Ship Lager, when it's four or five months old, I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Throw that in. But yeah. um, this one was was fresh. I mean, they only make this once in a while. So. Uh, Tony, I don't know. I feel like this was a little bit, I know this is weird to say because it's not as dry because it's 12% uh, as one of these Neo West Coast ales, but it has that profile. It is sweet. It is sweet and, and juicy and, and, and a little bit biting. Uh, it, it gave me that feeling. I don't know. Um, it's thing really is- good. And, and this beer is probably a, a, a 20, 25 year old recipe or something. You know? Yeah. The thing is um, things like, body it it changes with the amount of alcohol that you have in it and it's not just related to the amount of alcohol you have in it as well things like um the amount of residual hop you have in it changes the mouthfeel um the actual makeup of your gris also affects mouthfeel quite dramatically so it's not a simple matter of saying this beer finished it at 10 20 and this other beer finished it at at 10.04 so therefore the 10.04 Beer is going to feel much drier. Even yeast has a has a um, part to play in that, and it depends on which yeast you use. I always find London Ale yeast, while it gives you a dry finish, often feels like you've you've left a couple of points in the fermenter where you haven't. Your measurements say that you haven't, and it's fermented out. But it always feels to me like it is is leaving it. It's a little bit more chewy. It's it's not overly sweet or under attenuated by any stretch but compared to say your classic 1056 strain that that london ale tends to lead to a a slightly chewier beer and and that doesn't bear out in the numbers or or even how you make a beer because i've used exactly the same beer with two different yeasts and they 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 finished at the same number but they they tasted very different when it came to mouthfeel and their dryness right so for sure. So I, I would say maybe the most important thing out of this beer of the week element, uh, beer of the week um, for me was that it's not just that this beer was wonderful and I love it and I bought a four pack of it. It's that this kind of feels like it put Lagunitas back on my radar a little bit uh, for a big, huge brewery owned by Heineken. Um, I don't know if I've had a beer that quite connected with me from a brewery like that, that was purchased, um, by one of the mega conglomerates, you know, in a long time, I, bourbon County, I enjoy bourbon County. Uh, I like buying it. I like drinking it. Maybe that's close, but I don't feel like I, I got sort of the joy out of it. There's something about bourbon County. That's a little bit of a slog. Like you get it and you like drinking it, right. It's fine. But you're just like, this is such an ordeal every year. You know what I mean? I gotta like fight this war every year with this beer and I get it and I drink it and I go, you know, it's, it's good, you know, and then you're kind of just left with all the, it's the, it's the normal run of stout, but with none of the joy of getting it from a new place. So you have the normal, just arguing about stout. Everybody's talking about stout. Everybody's fucking complaining about barrel aging. Everyone's like, Oh, this one's better than You have all the battle of it with none of the joy of like, Oh, I found this cool new brewery or something's happening or whatever. Right. Yep. And then um, they have it through rose colored glasses that it was better as an independent. It's nowhere near right. as good now. 
And there's some, there was something about drinking this beer that I just found it sort of weirdly unbridled joy out of it. This like, yep. oh, this is such a happy tasting beer. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I'm not thinking about any of the other factors that come into Lagunitas being what it is today. I'm just drinking this Lagunitas beer. It reminds me of all the Lagunitas beers I've had before at once, you know, because it's a thousand percent. Yep. Just Lagunitas period. It's a thousand percent. It has this sweet cereal, like malt mix, like mashup component that you're just like, all kinds of stuff happening uh, uh, in this. And then it's fermented down relatively dry and weirdly easy to drink for being unusually high alcohol. You're like, yes, I know this. I know this brewery. This brewery gets me fucked up. I love this. This is perfect. You know? And it's the same with all their beers, right? You get that feeling from Sucks or uh, yep, Brown Sugar, Sugar or uh, a little something, uh, something. Uh, little something, something, you know, which which I've always liked those beers. Yep. Uh, so it, it, it kind of put Lagunitas back on the map for me. And they have a new IPA that hasn't dropped here yet called Maximus. And I've seen some reviews of it, and people seem to really like it. It's 9%, relatively translucent, you know, IPA. And it's coming in a tall boy can, and I want to get my hands on this. Uh, this beer is really interesting to me. So, Lagunitas, you are on. Uh, you are. Uh, you're on alert right now. I got. I got. I got the radar out for for Lagunitas, um, a, a, a place that I had weirdly just sort of written off, but but sort of back on back on the radar. Good for them. Yeah, and it's, it's good it, to be on my radar. We know that. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to fall off here, buddy. No, you don't. You you go on then. So interesting that you went old school with your beer company of choice for your beer of the week. For what I'm drinking right now, um, I've gone for something a little bit um, out of the beer realm. I've gone for a Bilson's Creaming Soda. You're familiar with Creaming Soda um, with triple distilled vodka in it. Um, comes in at one is standard. Is it creamy soda or creaming soda? There is, in Australia, there is... Three or four different ways of saying it. There's cream soda, <laughs> creamy soda, creaming soda. This is creamy soda, this one. But uh-huh. depending on the brand, they, they will go with different um, spellings on their label. But it's all essentially the same thing. Some of them are sort of like a caramel colour, which is just the vanilla and sure, whatever right. flavouring. Some put um, red food colouring in it because it looks better oh. on the shelves, but it's still creaming soda. This is Bilson's. They make mm-hmm. what are called cordials. Don't know whether you're familiar with it. It's kind of like a liquid cordials, yeah. liquid version of Kool-Aid is the best way to explain it. You, oh, okay. That's different, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it's it's yeah. like a sugar syrup with, with whatever flavouring in it that you then yeah. dilute to, to make something. Yep. So they actually make a cordial, but in this case they put um, it with sparkling mineral water. Really delicious. Only one standard drink, 3.5% alcohol. You cannot taste the alcohol. It is delicious. So that's what I've chosen yeah. for my. That um, sounds good. How much? Al- how much alcohol? Three and a half percent. So super crushable. Oh, yeah. Really, really easy to drink. Now that, now that's different because um, a lot of the ones here that are, and you said that's a. Did you mention that that's a, is it? A, is there booze in that? And you yeah. said three percent. It's vodka. You said yeah, triple distilled vodka. Yeah. So any most of the drinks here that are vodka soda, and we talked about this a little before the show, 
uh, not to spoil it for everybody, but we did bring this. We were, we were kind of trying to hash out some of the differences between vodka soda and hard seltzer and where all these things fit. You know, vodka soda here, we have the canned vodka sodas, but they tend to be higher alcohol than the seltzers. They tend to come in 8 9%. See, see ours don't. Ours have always been, perhaps based on our taxation, based on what a standard heavy weird nomenclature mm-hmm. in Australia, which is generally a 5% beer comes in it. So all our hey, premiums... Rando, Rando loves himself a standard heavy. You got it. <laughs> all right. What's that? No. All right. <laughs> so, so all our spirits tended to come in at five percent. There are, are a couple that certainly push up now into the seven, eight percent. Jack Daniels doing over over proof for and under. I don't know how they market it. Um, Captain Morgan do Bundaberg yeah, do that that come in Underberg. seven and eight. Bundaberg is an Australian oh, rum Underberg. company. Underberg's not like Underberg. No. They're doing a soda. I'm just drinking it out of that little bottle. No, because our premix vodkas are on the shelf and have always been on the shelf with our premix bourbons, which I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. are a thing in America. Bourbon and cola, really? bourbon and dry is really common over here. Ours tend to be – so I bought a premix recently, actually. I bought a premix old-fashioned yep. um, from, from High West – which is a distillery, a good distillery out here. And I uh, actually really, really liked it. Went through it pretty quick. Uh, that was a good, that was a good drink. So yeah, we got premixes like that. Now we cola would. Is, we, we have, but I haven't seen it in a while. I, I remember there being Jack and Cola mixed together yeah. in a can. And I, I just, I looked at that and I was just like, how fucking lazy. I did. I just, I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess you could take that to a tailgate, may- maybe, or something like that. You know, or you take that outside. I, well, that's to me mainly Jack what and Coke just strikes me as the all-time easiest shit to make, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, what? Not no bartending expertise necessary. At least with the premix old fashioned, it's like okay, I don't have to worry about the bitters and the orange and the fucking no. all that simple syrup or whatever. You know, but these uh, are not really designed. Although a lot of people have got super lazy and just drink them at home, just crack a can rather than 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 pouring the drinks themselves. But the main purpose of them is if you go somewhere, you go right. to a person's yeah. place for a barbecue. People in Australia don't tend to share their their general bar supplies. It's generally BYO in most places. You go to a barbecue, mm-hmm. you're bringing your own and drink, and you have to bring your own cooler. So most people don't don't bring a glass and then a bottle of Coke and then their glass bottle of spirit. And the bigger issue is a lot of places, like if you go to a beach where you can have alcohol, there's often a no glass rule. So during summer, if you have a, yep. have a couple of beers on the beach, they've got to be in cans. So yeah, you also that, get used to this in Vegas now, no glass, no glass outside anymore. Yeah, so that's, that's another thing change that we've we've had early and that's why these premixes are extremely popular in australia it's it's the convenience of being able to take them to a park when a park is legal to do that and it's already done ready for you to go all you need is a cooler makes it super easy if you don't want to have a beer it's a great point i i guess i didn't think about that i uh just selfishly thought of me sitting in my house pouring my jack. Sad. If you want to drink, sit in your house by yourself. That's the way I do it. 
in your room, right? Uh, and maybe stare at your friend from half the world away <laughs> and pour yourself a big fat glass of Jack and Coke in a shaker pint and and just sit there for just hours and just drink the whole thing and get mega fucked up because what else is the point? And look, right? I don't know. I don't know what else you're doing. You you can chat and you can put together a podcast or you could um, play. Some, or you could do nothing. Or you could do some geo guessing <laughs> and then fall asleep in your yeah. in your office chair. Yes, that's oh, that is another thing you could do is. Uh, pass out in your chair while we're on Discord or something. Um, now, what was your beer of the week? Before we get into Discord, what was what are you drinking right now? Sorry, not your beer right now. Not your beer of the week. It looks super clean. Well, if you've been listening, Tony, you would have heard I said Waldo Special Ale. Oh. But anyways, you know, the other beer I'm drinking right now is uh, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a beer I got in my Mickler beer mail. This is batch number eighteen uh, from Mickler. And you don't know what's in here because there's nothing on the can that tells you what the contents oh, of the like beer that. are. But I have fooled I have fooled them yet again, and I can go on Untapped and find out almost immediately Boom. what is it. Yeah, I, I um, sort of say it like the advent calendar of beers, but without doing that whole opening the box thing. That is really yeah. cool. Did you try it before going on Untapped and finding out what it was, or you had to find out what it was? No, I found out first because my, my only concern is I am not interested in drinking a 16-ounce can of sour beer at 7.52 p.m. Oh, I am. Before I, uh, uh, it, it just, it's just a heartburn situation waiting to happen for me. So um, I did make sure it was not a can full of, like, blueberry juice or something. Uh, fortunately, it is, guess what? It's IPA. With orange peel and Simcoe cryo, um, and it's very tasty. It's very pithy, I would say. Uh, yep. This is a very pithy tasting uh, IPA. I really like it. It started out a little too. It was like it was kind of harsh pith flavor, but as I've gotten into it, it's settled a little better um, into sort of a refreshing citrus flavor. So uh, pretty easy to drink, actually. It's it's nice and dry. Goes down easy. Uh, decent rating on this beer too, four point oh six. So, um, hey, this is a four. This is a four point four for me. If there ever was one, I enjoy it. So, tasty beer. Um, so Tony, uh, I did want to talk about. We did have our first anniversary party this week. Um, you were just mentioning it. Got on Discord. A few of our friends came to congratulate us and uh, tell us how good we were. Uh. That's not true. Mostly they kind of made fun of us and laughed at us and said I was stupid, um, which is honestly a great, the best way to celebrate anyone's anniversary, I think. So, yeah. uh, had a nice time. We played a little GeoGuessr. If you guys aren't familiar with that game, had a nice time playing GeoGuessr, looking, getting dropped into a random place in the universe and looking around and seeing some grass and a street and then Tony just yelling Africa. Um, <laughs> Time and then uh, and then our friend Tyler saying Naperville uh, every time. So <laughs> really not much consensus, but well, we were able to survive that experience and get a, a, by a buzz on. So not too bad. Yeah, well, if you remember correctly, it was both Tyler and I eliminating two places. I was eliminating a whole continent. Tyler was eliminating Naperville. A small city in uh, northwest, uh, northeastern Illinois, uh, which is great. I mean, we, we don't want it. Um, and, and I think one time it was Naperville, so I think that maybe was part of the issue. 
Um, so we had a nice time doing that. Uh, didn't even make it to the Jackbox games like we thought. We just we just kind of fucked around with that and chit chatted. Uh, thanks to everybody who came around. I saw Nick. We know Tyler was there. Kyle, um, uh, Tom was around. So yep. shout out to all those guys. Um, and thanks to my wife for also sitting there. Yeah. And uh, and eventually, pretty much falling asleep while we were on the on the but, thing. Um, but she didn't actually not being fall the only asleep. No, she didn't. She that, she that was somebody else. Yeah, somebody else fell asleep. I don't remember. We who. shall um, not name names. Right. Yeah. So that was a good time. Kate, get on our Discord. You want to come hang out with us? Got a couple. Had a couple new folks hop in uh, this week, which is awesome. Uh, yep. Thanks to those guys for coming in the Discord. Uh, just ping us on Instagram. Ping us on. Uh, send us an email. We will get you in the Discord. You can come chit chat with us about whatever. Um, some notable things we talked about this week, Tony. I don't know. Um, I, I do know the number one okay, notable you know. thing. Come on, it dominated our Discord. Chicken sandwiches. Oh, chicken sandwich, yep. Chicken sandwich was the big news uh, after my um, kind of haphazard review of the Burger King chicken sandwich. Uh, our friend Corey went out, and uh, our listener and friend, of course, Corey went out and got himself a chicken sandwich. I did not realize he was just posting a picture of the nasty long sandwich from from Burger King. I guess he did get the real one, so... Good job by him. I do. I did used to love that long shit. It was like a long hoagie shaped that, chicken yeah, patty. Terrible at uh, the Burger King. Uh, when I was in high school, I would eat that thing. Pretty good. But he uh, actually really bad. He did the Mount Rushmore of chicken sandwiches. He also did a Mount Rushmore of presidents, which is like not. I know not that my one. Thing. I didn't have Trump on it, which, uh, if if you recall, he was trying to get on there. Um, <laughs> Which is, you know, it's a lot of work to get somebody up there. Yeah. Um, I, I so have... his, Mount, his Mount Rushmore was Popeye's, the burger, the new Burger King, Raising Cane's. Tony, I don't know if you know Raising Cane's. I do. This is because Raising Cane's, a couple of locations in Vegas. So if you want to check out Raising Cane's, if you haven't done it oh, yeah, in a no, while, yeah. check it out. Because oh, yeah. that was one that, that sort of. Um, perked my interest um, because yep. I think that's a really good choice because I've had that and really, really good up there with we, me because you've got to remember I haven't had a lot of these other ones because it was really only Raising Cane's and, and anti-abortion Chick-fil-A that were doing uh, the chicken sandwich thing in that style. And and he has the OG McChicken, which I actually don't I, – I, I don't know if I'd put it in mine, but I respect the – the choice. I think for a dollar, it's a pretty good chicken sandwich for a dollar. Um, now, is the McChicken the same as – I'm not sure. I've never had the American version. But the one we have in Australia is like an enlarged um, McDonald's chicken nugget yeah. with, with mayonnaise it's not a congru- and lettuce. It's not a congruous piece of chicken no. meat. It's a, it's a ground-up amalgamation of parts, yeah. Now, McDonald's in Australia – are doing something else. They're not. I don't know whether they're replacing um, chicken nuggets, but they have come out with a new chicken snack. I'm trying to come up with the name of it, but they're not calling it a chicken nugget because they're actually using real chicken meat in it rather than that sort of amalgamation of chicken bone, chicken cartilage, and a little bit of chicken <laughs> meat that's put into a blender to form a patty. Right. Um, so. Yep. I'm just um, searching their, their website. Rectum. Yeah. yeah. 
So you just vamp while I try and find what these things. Oh, sure, so, uh, I found them. They're, they're chicken uh, McBites. The vamp has ended. Uh, yeah. What are they called? Chicken McBites? I yeah. remember those. Yep. We had those. There you go. Um, they're like popcorn chickens, aren't they? Well, we get 10 in a pack. I haven't had them. I, I have McDonald's yeah. once every three months. These things mm-hmm. are only new. Um, they look like chicken popcorn. They look bigger in the ad, but I'm not sure. They could just be chicken popcorn, and in that case, I'd rather just get it from KFC. Yeah. Uh, Tony, I'll give you my my, my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I'll give you a Marmite. Uh, my Mount Rushmore of chicken sandwiches. Uh, I'm, I'm Popeyes and BK are my top two. I said that last week. Yep. Popeyes, Burger King, you know, one, two, no matter what. Uh, I got to say number three uh, for me, and this is not going to be a national brand, so don't come after my ass or, or don't tell me this isn't fast food because it is fast food. It's just a local thing in Chicago. It's the Do-Right Chicken Sandwich. Uh, Do-Right from Do-Right Donuts and Chicken. Uh, it was the thing I ate immediately after getting my three-month checkup after having open-heart surgery uh, was I ate this fried chicken sandwich with a little coleslaw and some southern, like, vinegar barbecue sauce on it. Oh, that sounds good. It's probably the best one of these, and it it is. It's more, like, gourmet. But um, uh, I'm going to just say this is no ranking. I'm just going to say these are the top four. So that one's on there. The fourth one I'm going to say, I don't know what kind of – um, uh, I don't know what kind of feeling I'm going to get out of this, but I'm going to give number four to Culver's for now. Um, uh, Culver's makes a very nice chicken sandwich, and they've been making like a regular breaded, hand-breaded chicken breast crispy chicken sandwich for a long time now. Um, not It's not part of these new chicken wars. They've had this sandwich for a, a good long while. It's a tasty chicken sandwich. It's got... Um, uh, a nice, like, just regular mayo on it. There's not much to it other than it's just a nice piece of chicken and it tastes good and it's on a nice roll. Um, so I, I love the Culver's one. Um, it's it's very tasty, and that's my that's my number four if I had to, if I had to hobble again. Now, I would go check out the Raising Cane's one. I bet the Raising Cane's one might um, could supersede the uh, the Culver's one on the right day, but um, the Culver's one's pretty reliable. I, I've, I've gone out for it. It's pretty good. Fair enough. Now, one thing that you guys haven't mentioned, maybe it's not a <coughs> not a thing in America, is uh, KFC. Do they not do chicken sandwiches or they're not well known for them? Because I know certainly in Australia the Zinger Burger would be towards the top of our fast food chicken sandwich. Yeah. We we it is there and it's they've they've sort of redone it with the Popeyes competition coming in. KFC to me is just not good i just <laughs> i just don't like it i don't like kfc it's it's so salty i mean all this stuff is salty but that like reaches a new salt that's that's it touching the sound barrier of salt like i can't handle the salt um it's just like i'm pissing i'm just pissing the rest of the day i'm in the bathroom pp like just sodium just flushing the liquid out of my body from eating all that salt from those the third, the however many herbs and spices, most of them being salt added. One of them is garlic salt. One of them is onion salt. One of them is salt. <laughs> you know, it's just death. Um, so that stuff's brutal to me. 
An interesting thing um, at KFC. Do you guys get fries at KFC? Yeah, we got fries. They got wedges, I think, actually. Boo. Wedges suck balls. Um, but in <laughs> Australia, the thing that differentiates KFC fries from basically any other place is the fact that they use chicken salt rather than normal salt on their fries. Are you chicken f- salt? So is it like is it like chicken? Maybe something like chicken skins or dehydrated chicken skins, like crunched up into the salt or something. Um, um it's very hard to explain. But no, they take all the stuff in the McChicken and they dry it out and they powder it up. They like grind it and then they get this salt. There has That's to what be. I'm thinking. There has to be a Wikipedia entry for this, surely. Um, <laughs> No, whole show's just looking shit up on Wikipedia. Yeah, it is. It's basically become that. It's a seasoning that you can get in any Australian supermarket. It's super common. Um, I think Australia and New Zealand created that shit. Um, All right. um, What is chicken salt made of? Here you go, Google. Um, Chicken salt is 75% salt, um, 10% Mm -hmm. artificial chicken flavour, whatever Mm -hmm. chicken flavour is. Then we've got paprika, onion, and citric acid, and then a whole bunch of other things. Um, not much different from your makeup, actually, if they, <laughs> if they But it is very, very – it's a common choice, say, if you were to get fish and chips in, a sh- in Australia, and they will ask you, do you want salt, regular salt, or chicken salt? <laughs> I want that. That sounds good. That, that reminds me of when <laughs> – Getting fish and chips with the chicken salt for Lent is so funny to me. I just thought about that. Um, this reminds me of when I would eat the pepper and egg, uh, pepper and egg sandwich, a Chicago, popular Chicago item um, on uh, on Fridays at Lent, but get it dipped in the beef gravy. Um, oh, yes. Pepper and egg beef gravy was very enjoyable to me. During uh, Lent, I always the, go for bacon. I'm, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. During Lent, I just, I just eat whatever I want on whatever day. It doesn't really doesn't I don't feel impacted at all. This is slowly um, turning into a food show. Let's get it back on track. We're Let's talk break. Instagram. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you know you can get on Instagram and look at our funny pictures, or whatever. No, I have more chicken talk, Tony. I told you that I have more chicken talk. We will get to the beer news quickly, but I just want to point something out because I have to test this bit out before we before we quit on chicken and on food. I am not out on it yet. Tony, I wanted to tell you, and this is this is at least okay. So inst- you're right, Tony. So Instagram, get on our Instagram. We're Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. We are um, some good posts. We've had some some nice comments out there uh, on on goofy posts. Uh, I'm out there posting garbage for our show. Uh, you can look at our great beer pictures. I always have some beer pictures. Uh, you know, once or twice a week of whatever fucking <laughs> coconut shit I'm drinking in a given week, which is at least one, and actually after this show's over, I'll be drinking more coconut beer. So Nice. Pretty excited for that. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I do, have, but I do have one more chicken-related thing to mention, and uh, this was the last-minute addition to our content today. But, um, and this is beer-related, too, because I would guess, and, and I'll tangentially make this beer-related, but I would guess, and I'm just going to throw this out, Tony, and I'm going to see if you're how familiar you are with this restaurant. Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings is a, you know, we have a, I don't know how many locations are. I would guess there's 30,000 or 5,000. Oh, yeah. I would guess there's <laughs> multiple 
here, we're, get on that Wikipedia, why don't we, huh? There is a lot of Buffalo Wild Rings uh, uh, in, in the U.S. I would guess Buffalo Wild Wings is actually one of the biggest buyers of beer, if not the biggest buyer of beer for bars in the country. Yep. Um, there's, there's so many locations they buy beer. I mean, I, they, I, they might be Anheuser-Busch's biggest partner for all I know for kegs, at least there as um, of, as of June, 2017, there are 1,238 yep. locations, 625 directly owned by the company, 612 franchise locations franchise. across all 50 States. And DC. So I would guess Buffalo Wild Wings is one. Okay, all right. Uh, is one of the uh, is is one of the the biggest buyers of beer in the country, if not the ultimate one, right? The, the highest yeah. rated one. They're owned by the company that owns Arby's, uh, if I am um, uh, correct in my m- memory here. Uh, if memory serves me right, as the Iron Chef feller used to say. Um, and I just would like to present this for listener response and sort of present my theorem here. I think Buffalo Wild Wings is the worst restaurant in the country. Um, really? This is quite so, shocking to me because I've been to Buffalo Wild Wings twice, once in Vegas and once in Chicago. Interesting mm-hmm. fact, the only time I've ever had a Foster's is at Buffalo Wild Wings in Chicago in the big oil can <clears throat> can. Sure. That is a pretty big can of beer. That is massive. Um, so I, it's not even just because I think the food is bad, and I don't like the food. And I, I do want to also mention, because this makes it sound like I have recently been to a Buffalo Wild Wings. It does. Uh, I haven't. I haven't been to a Buffalo Wild Wings in maybe five years. Um. But I just, it, it, I got my memory triggered looking at a uh, someone's picture of a salad they got at Buffalo Wild Wings. And they, now, first of all, you know, what are you doing? Uh, getting a, you know, you're at getting Buffalo Wild salad. Wings and you're like, damn, my Caesar salad didn't come out right. I'm like, what do you expect? <laughs> and then I thought about that statement, what I was saying. I was like, what do you expect from Buffalo Wild Wings to be able to make a Caesar salad? I guess not. You know, I don't. I wouldn't. And it's not just about that. Buffalo Wild Wings, I think, even compared to other restaurants that I think are just like, like, let's, let's just limit this to, I'm not going to say this. Okay. I don't want to. So I say the worst restaurant in the country because, and I mean that in the sense of like major chain places, right? I, I know that Robert Irvine goes to Big Butthole's Fuckface Cafe every yeah, week we're and not bashes about the that. walls in and says, hey, this fucking sucks. You I know? love that show, by the way. I, I don't care. I do, too. Uh, he makes every restaurant look exactly the same. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, so Buffalo Wild Wings, compared to even places that I think we consistently make fun of, Cheesecake Factory, Denny's, um, Applebee's, no place to me is worse at achieving what they set out to achieve than Buffalo Wild Wings. And I don't just mean that I in disagree. a food sense. I disagree. Okay, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. But here's, my, here's what I'm going to say about Buffalo Wild Wings. As a place to go drink, it is not a fun place to go drink. It no. is an awful place to go drink. Um, there's always kids running around. Uh, the beer lines are dirty. Uh, nobody can make a drink there. Uh the service is awful. It's not a fun place to, to drink. Not great. So, as a place to watch sports, 
also not good. Not a good place. It's loud. It's annoying. The people loud is okay. If you're all watching the same game, it's not okay. If you're all watching 22 different games, they have 22 different games on at all times. You can't get by the location that you want to watch the game. It's hard to get the sound for anything. If you want to actually watch the game and you know, all the other stuff I said, if you want to have beer during the game, it's not good. It's not going to be poured. Right. It's not fun. Um, the food is bad. The food just isn't good. The sauce is thick and, and full of mystery ingredients. The chicken is mostly soft breading, squishy breading. Uh, they can't make anything besides chicken wings and though, even those are not made well. So the food is at best standard chain fare at worst bad fast food. Um, and, and just as a, experience uh i guess uh any of the things that you would as- attribute to a bar right are not good because i think they bill themselves as a bar it's not good at being a bar no and it's not being good at being a restaurant and overall it's just a failure to me even applebee's as a place to stumble into after driving 400 miles or something at least hits the target of like all right i can eat this and i'm not sick <laughs> that's that's fine, but there are, there are two chains that I think are worse. Not in the atmosphere. I, I get what you're saying, but I think the whole sports bar thing is is something that's endemic to all sports bars, whether they be ale houses, random sports bars, or a big chain. That's just the nature of the beast. Their food is subpar, but at least they have a, a theme and something to hold on to, and at least it gives you a portion of what you want. The, the sauces and the chicken kind of resemble chicken wings, even if they're bad chicken wings. All right. I'm going to have to disagree to disagree. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> but but, but the number one chain that. that actually has a personality that misses its mark for me is Subway. Subway. Oh, yeah, I do hate Subway, yeah. Subway is awful. The, the key thing around Subway is they're a sandwich place. Key thing in a sandwich place to get right, get the bread right. Forget about whether it's bread or not. The thing that they serve it in is no better than the roll that you get at KFC. It's not as good as the Burger King um, roll that you talked about the other day that your chicken sandwich came in. It's appalling bread. It, it The ingredients are subpar. The idea of, of doing it yourself just says that they haven't put together good sandwiches in the first place. Um don't get me started on the meatballs or the, or the cheese steak sandwiches. Just atrocious. Yeah. So I would I would certainly have that food wise right. down there. And their atmosphere is not great, even for somewhere <laughs> where you just order and take it away. Not not good. Yeah. Okay. I I don't. I think I have to put them in the same bucket. I think you're right. I, I'm not going to say so. I can, I don't know if I can make a definitive choice. I've railed against Subway many times uh, I, in public before. Um, and I often think about somebody, I always see somebody sitting in the subway in the El Cortez and I'm like, what if they get sick and die by eating in the subway in the El Cortez? That's probably so the sad. best thing that can happen to them. Um, um, yeah, or actually, and maybe that is why subway is better because everybody in a subway is just waiting for death. Have you thought about that? <laughs> that is that is very true. The other place <laughs> in America, we have subway in Australia and it's the same issues, but the bigger, um, or the worst change for me, and it has no personality. It doesn't know what it wants to be, and I've never had anything that's good there. 
I've had things that are cheap there. I've had things that are mysteries to me there. And I've had things that other fast food chains have. But I, I have no idea what personality it has. And that is Jack in the Box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've actually haven't been to Jack in the Box since I've been out here. Um, so maybe I'll have to... I'm not wasting one of my meals in the last few weeks I'm living here until I move out for good um, on Jack in the Box. So uh, I'm sure that once I'm out here forever, somehow my drunk ass will end up eating Jack in the Box. We'll just let it happen organically. We're not going to force it. Yeah. But no, Jack in the Box has a problem. That menu is so large. There's just a lot of Jack in the Box and to choose from. That's that's my point with Jack in the Box. Nothing's good and there's no theme about it. At least if you go to Buffalo no Wild problem. Wings, you know you're going to get wings. Even if they're shitty wings, you know what you're going to get. It's an easy choice to make because you've got no other yep. choice. You don't choose salad. That's not a choice. That's just put on there so they don't get a documentary made about them. But um, the thing with Jack in the Box, what what do you pick at any one time? Do you pick one of their special orders or do you pick one of the 300 other everyday items? Just a train wreck. All right, Tony, I am done with food now. We need to get on our horse and we have to speed through three segments. Um, I have one segment before Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Uh, let us play. Let us hold on one second and we'll play it again when we start it. But the segment I have to do is uh, Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. <laughs> okay, I will play the real Logger of the Week now. I just was so disappointed. I thought I was moving things along, but apparently not. I was. Jumping the game. I will not skip a week of Logger of the Week. Oh, we're totally off the rails today. All right. Uh, no, no, we will do Logger of the Week, and this will be an easy one. Tony, my Logger of the Week is a beer called a Montucky Cold Snack. Tony, have you ever heard of this? I have not. It sounds like something that people have in Maine, but they have it in their lunchbox. This is like the official beer of Montana. Uh, it's a... It's a um, what? It is made by a by a craft brewery. It's a four point one percent like adjunct lager, corn lager, corn and rice and barley. It does taste very good. It's very yummy. Not too corny. Not cream corny like uh, some of these other American lagers. Four point one percent. I drank it because Kelly wasn't done with her beer yet at Atomic yesterday, and I just needed something to fill the gap. So I was like, oh, I'll get a cold snack. So they got myself a twelve ounce can. Of a cold snack, it's delicious, it's refreshing, um, and it's, I, I actually, it's a great walking around beer for Vegas, is what I would say. Um, if you don't want to drink something from the big giant breweries, get your hands on some Montucky cold snacks if you just need something to drink. Um, Tony, it's a tasty beer. It's got a unfair rating for what it is, I think, um, but it is a very lovely uh, lager at... Um, at 4.1%. So, Lager of the Week this week, it's something new. It's the Montucky Cold Snack. You can find them in the Chicago area now. So, if you're in the Chicago area, which I know some of our listeners are, get your hands on it. Drink six of them at a time. You'll like them. They're good. Sounds excellent. Sounds like I need to get hold of it. But, uh, yeah, 2024 will likely be the first time I'll be able to get my hands on that. Yep, maybe it'll be a dollar at the uh, Las Vegas Club once the Circa falls apart and they just put the Las Vegas Club there again. <laughs> um, all right, Tony, 
Now it's time for our favorite segment. It's time for Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Perfect. All right. Tony, we got three seltzer pieces to cram through here. It's all seltzer news. Nice. Hyper seltzer beer. Hyper seltzer nerd dork Dork seltzer news. (laughs) Um, First off, Tony, we've been talking about this on Discord this week. White Claw Surge. White Claw Surge is out. You have some 8% seltzers dropping. There's been a few of these coming out. White Claw Surge is one. Bud Light Platinum Seltzer is another one that's popping up. Um, I read an article this week that I wholeheartedly agree with from um, a, a writer that we've talked about before, Kate Bernat, who um, pointed out that there were lots of silly people talking about peop- how um, we were all drinking seltzer because we were re- becoming more health conscious uh, and I got to say with the advent of 8% seltzer, uh, I don't believe that's checking out. Uh, there's going to be a lot more residual sugar. There's going to be more calories. There's going to be, uh, more unhealthy behavior going on when you start pounding down the tall boy can of 8% white claw. Um, no, I don't give a shit. I'll get my hands on that. Um, Absolutely. Oh, I, do I need to drink 8% white claw. I don't know, but, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'd give it a shot for sure. Um, I drink seltzer because it's light and it's crushable and it's not too sweet. Perhaps something that the Bilsons that I'm drinking right now, not as crushable as as hard seltzer because it has more flavouring. That's why I drink hard seltzer. It's it's the perfect combination between water, alcohol and flavour. And so to do it at 8%, yeah, I could crush the fuck out of that, but I'm not drinking it because it's healthy. So I, I tend to disagree with that, but perhaps the market is different to, to how I view seltzer. Well, I think I think she makes a good point. It's I don't think people are ever drinking it for health value. I no. mean, I, I think I think that's just of I think that's a world of the Michelob Ultra. I think those people just all live in CrossFit and Michelob Ultra. Um, I think that's just a different universe. Um, another thing, here's another new seltzer, Tony. I want to hear what your take is on this. Uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh, you've heard of them, Tony. Uh, they have released three hard tea seltzer flavors. T-E-A, as in the um, English beverage you make from leaf, leafs. Yep. Uh, hard tea seltzer flavor variety pack. Tony, these flavors are, so you got the hard tea seltzer you got, um, oh, actually, there's four. Sorry. There are pineapple, passion fruit, lemon, raspberry, and peach. Uh, lemon, raspberry, and peach are all things you used to be able to get out of the soda fountain. No, I think uh, there's actually three varieties. It's pineapple and passion fruit. Raspberry is a separate flavor all by itself. So pineapple and passion fruit, flavor one. Raspberry, flavor yep. two. Lemon and peach, flavor three. Oh, see, I have lemon and then peach as being separate flavors. Uh, Just going by the sure. Brewbound article, they say three, and that's that's how they list them. So that's what I'm going with. So weird. Um, all right, so yeah, <laughs> some amount, some combination of those five fruits are within cans with Pabs Blue Ribbons. I'm sure proprietary blend of fine teas. Um, what do you think of this, Tony? I don't know about this one. This one strikes me as a little sweet, a little bit ant- ant- antithetical to my desires with seltzer, but um, I'd probably give it a shot. Hard iced tea's been a thing over here for a while. I, I, I know that there's 
hard iced tea in my local liquor store. And we've had twisted you've had twisted tea for a while. There is a there is a push on twisted tea for a little bit too. My issue with this, because I look at it, okay, only hundred calories. That that fits with the salsa thing. But less Perfect. than four grams of sugar. Most salsas come in at around two grams of sugar. And I don't look at that from a marketing point of view saying, Oh, look how healthy I am in agreement with you. I think the the lack of sweetness is a th- the thing that draws me to this, but my issue with what Paps are doing, are they just slapping um, hard salsa onto what would normally be a twisted iced tea label, kind of like um, we've seen with IPA becoming essentially a marketing term for anything full-flavoured in beer? Is this just becoming a full-flavoured um, vodka-based thing? See, I haven't done I haven't done the analysis of what the twisted tea sort of excuse me, sugar makeup is, um, I don't really know, uh, what, like how sweet I've never had a twisted tea. So I couldn't tell you like how sweet is the twisted tea versus a PBR hard tea seltzer. Um, here's the one thing I'll say about these weird drinks from PBR. Uh, did I talk about the hard coffee on here? The PBR hard coffee no. drink? Oh, you might've, who knows? The PBR hard coffee is like this, on a yoohoo type thing um it has a yoohoo quality to it where i'm not i'm not sure how it's creamy because there's no milk in it um but it's these coffee liquor things they're like eight percent too um they are delicious i mean they are fucking tasty i mean they're just sweet coffee flavor i mean it's not artisanal coffee or anything but it just tastes like sweet it tastes like a yoohoo Tastes more like chocolate to me than it does to co- to coffee, honestly. Um, but it's a sweet, sug- uh, sugary liquor thing, and I'm sure it's six hundred thousand calories. I don't know, but uh, they're tasty. I had I I could drink one and just like immediately death, feel horrible. But um, they are very good. So I I could see how they have a feel for the palate, and they, this could be a tasty beverage. Now it could also go horribly wrong. So. Uh, I, I think I would give, I would, I don't think I'd buy a 12 pack, but I would gladly give a couple of these a shot if I stumbled into them on the street or something, which who knows out here. I might, <laughs> you, um, you could well do. Um, interesting that you mentioned Yoohoo. One of my favorite sodas, I don't know whether you have access in Vegas to many Asian based grocery stores. I know in Chicago you do. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had the Milkus? Milkus is a, um, soda that you get from japan um i'm not or south korea sorry and it is delicious not sure whether it contains any milk but it is truly it does contain milk i just read the wikipedia entry doing a good old-fashioned table for eight bit here um but really really delicious quite bizarre it's a i imagine what uh laverne and shirley were going for when they were drinking what was it pepsi and milk together that that brian tried Pepsi and milk, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, uh, that's Wisconsin. That's some serious Wisconsin bullshit right there. Yeah, um, yeah, I, w- I would try that. I- I've had the Japanese stuff. That's like the um, I don't fucking remember what it was called. It was a, uh, it was like a, and I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know, but it was like this really uh, weird soda. And yep. I, I thought it was good. It was just a really unusual taste. Um, yeah, this this so, milkus does, and and get it with some Korean. Bottle, I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I would totally, maybe if I, I'll, I'll try to stumble into that if I go into the, uh, um, the super H Mart here. Yeah. Uh, they probably, they might have it. They should do. Um, last, last bit of seltzer news, Tony. Um, Artisanal Brew Works, which is actually a small brewery on the East Coast. Um, I think they're in uh, New York. They have uh, partnered with the gang over at Warheads. Tony, are you familiar with Sour Warheads? Who the fuck isn't that uh, grew up in our generation? They were the thing to sort of test your Tony, strength we, as a 10-year-old. With. There were kids when I was you know, 9, 10, 11 years old who would sell them, who oh, had like a side, yeah. side hustle selling warheads. Yeah. For like a, for like a dollar or like a 50 cents or whatever. Um, so there are four flavors of these artisanal brewers, extreme sour warheads, hard seltzers. Uh, we got black cherry, uh, blue raspberry, lemon, and watermelon. All the classic um, flavors. Yep. Uh, this brewery was founded by two former high school teachers, Kurt Borchhart and Colin Quinn. Oh, my God. Colin Quinn. <laughs> what a trip. So the color... Okay, so they made extreme sour beers uh, with with warheads that have more color. I think these pictures down here are actually of the beers. Um. And now they're doing seltzers. So if you go down, you can see a picture of the seltzer. They are color. You can see there's color in them. So there is a there is a color to this black cherry one. Uh, I don't know how I get my hands on this. I might be able to actually because I've seen some of artisanal stuff come in through Craft Beer Kings or Beer Zombies out here. So maybe I could get it um, in my hands. It's a four pack of sixteen ounce cans for fifteen dollars. That's expensive seltzer, my dude. Um, but it is, you know, it does have the co-branding. It is a uniquely weird product. I would try this. I'd be yep. a little bit anxious about it, but I would absolutely try this. I, I love the fact that they've fully embraced it. When you look at those photos and how bright the beverages appear to be, and the way I would do it is is how it's produced, pictured right down the bottom. Pour a shit ton of ice into that sucker, really chill it out. That would give you the yeah. ultimate sour warheads thing. That's a good idea, and I I think it's worth the money. You you this is purely a corporate grab. Understand that, yeah. But embrace it's that. in the Waffle House beer thing. Yeah, this yeah. is all in the same world of of crap to and you know what i am a big dumpster i'm a big dumpster of for brand shit shovel the crap into my mouth that's what i want hey you know, just put put your brand garbage right here baby i'm 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 ready to ready to take it down because i'm a big piece of garbage so yep you're a piece Great. of garbage i'm a hot garbage fire yep on a hot day uh, and then very last bit of beer news, quote unquote, and this is almost beer related. Uh, Tony, we have some listeners who might be interested to know that Bush, Bush Beer is seeking dog to become official chief tasting officer of its Bush dog brew, which will pay 20 grand and includes pet health insurance. Um, so uh, we did have a listener who told us they got some dog brew. Their dog liked it. 
he did point out that he thought it had a porky aftertaste. <laughs> um, I really hope he didn't drink it. Um, but it is made with, uh, if you're wondering, Tony, the drink isn't actually beer. It contains no alcohol or hops. Both are harmful to dogs. Alcohol is harmful to people, and we keep drinking it, whatever. Uh, the snack is made with vegetables, uh, herbs, spices, water, and pork broth, according to the website. Bone broth is a great way for dogs who struggle to eat solid food to get all their extra nutrients. So, Tony, in one, this is one case where just like the monks, the dog could just replace their diet with dog beer. Uh, monks were replacing their diet with Doppelbach, so really kind of the same, actually, if you think about it. So, Tony, uh, do you have any dog friends who you might want to uh, point out that they might apply for this uh, chief tasting officer gig? Well, I, I think it has to be an American breed right now, doesn't it? It has to be an American. I think it's necess- the weirdest looking breed, purebred dog to do it, like a Saluki or something, or uh, uh, what are one of those other weird, kind of just like unusual looking uh, dogs to come to come do this. I think that'd be really good. Don't don't bring fucking Spuds McKenzie in here to do this. That's not what we want. No, no, no half breeds allowed. I'm thinking let's stick it to one of the other beer companies. Okay, they're not a major like Bush, but they're kind of a major. And that is, let's let's choose a Boston Terrier. Let's go right after Sam Adams. Let's go. <laughs> Our dog is more American and more Boston than your lager. That's that's named after the same Boston city. Boston Terrier is a very cute dog, and it yep. does look like a dog that has a lot of a lot of health problems. It just it just strikes me as a dog that would be very unhealthy. Yeah, not as bad as say a French bulldog, which are a delightful dog, but yeah, they have some problems. French bulldogs and those pugs. The pugs got all the folds in their face or whatever, and they get all fucked up. You know what dog I like, Tony, is that English bulldog. I think those are like the cutest <laughs> thing, dude. I and, love those dogs, and they're the ultimate of fucked up dogs. But yes, yeah, I agree. They they're so amazing. docile and, yep. and so funny. And I think they're, they're, they're kind of like a dog if it were a turtle. Um, <laughs> Good call. Uh, all right, Tony, one more segment for us to plow through. You know, we have to have a game for our anniversary. Holy shit, it's our one years, one years of doing this. Um, and uh, for, for a whole year, I thought I deserved a break, and I came up with the easiest game possible for us to do. It's going to be around... Of untrapped and down goes Tony into the well. And we're sending all up down the well. All the way down. Down the well. Very good. All right, Tony. Three you know the rules. Uh, three beers. Actually, the rules are often unclear week to week, frankly. Uh, Tony's in the well. He's down there. We know that if he gets stuck, he's stuck with all of his vintage porno, his VHS tapes, his mags. Um, you know, maybe for the anniversary, somebody got him some little toys to play with. Who knows? You Delightful. Know, maybe a little something out of the pocket. Something, you know, you know those. Um, and, uh, He's down there chilling out, and uh, if he wants out, if he doesn't want to be trapped in the well anymore, he has to get uh, into a what I would call a discernible range for these three beers. And these are three beers that he should be able to get close with. 
So uh, I, I will make the ultimate decision as the sort of in a gymnastics fashion, totally subjective. Uh, sorry, totally. Uh, yeah, totally subjective. Um, and, and say, no, that's not good enough. But usually I'll, I'll usually be pretty lenient. So it's mostly just fun to talk about these fucking crazy beers. So Tony, first one, these are all anniversary beers. That's the theme today. These are all anniversary beers from some of your favorite, some of our favorite breweries that we've talked about over the past year for various reasons. Uh, at least I think we have. Uh, the first one we've definitely talked about because we played a whole game about these beers once. Uh, so Tony, are you ready to get going? Oh, I sure am. All Bring right. So number one, first, first out of the gate, this is good. This is right away. We're, we're going, uh, big balls on these. Now remember these are anniversary beers. So there's, there is a factor to these, uh, in its own right that I'm sure you'll be considering. But, um, this is called all fifth anniversary, everything Imperial stout with banana from other half brewing company. Uh, this is a 15.4% stout and <laughs> here's their somewhat sarcastic sounding, um, description, uh, a light refresher brewed with wild Thai banana, cacao nibs, macadamia nuts, coconut, toasted coconut, and vanilla like banana chocolate bread with coconut sprinkles, like slipping your mouth into a warm velvet robe. Tony, don't do that while you're down there. It right? sounds gross. It sounds it. like there's something under that velvet robe. Yeah, that's not. That that's actually your mouth not how I would describe it. Right. I, I don't. I, I think the first description sounded much better, like banana chocolate bread with coconut sprinkles. Now, that sounds good. Yep. Um, so this beer sounds very good to me. 15.4%. There are 2,762 ratings. Of this beer, three thousand four hundred and seventy-one check-ins. Uh, so, all fifth anniversary, everything Imperial Stout with banana from other half. It's their fifth anniversary stout. Now, does this get some bonus points for I'm hammered? Let's get hammered rating points. So, this is what I would call an end of a session beer, and oh, yeah. it just tips you over the edge, and that's when your ratings get sloppy. So I think it might. This is a share beer. This is a big time sharing beer. It would would be. This is this is showing up at beer shares, whale shares, stuff like that. That's true. So discerning palates as well. I still think it scores really, really well. It it could be a disaster, and a banana can be polarizing in beers. I get that, but other half have a good rep. I'm gonna score this in the fours. So let's knock anything out under a four. I'm going to score it 4.18. Ooh, I can't give this one to you, Tony. It's too far off. Oof, Tony, too this low. one, even with 2,762 ratings, is getting a 4.64 for your other half. Jesus banana. Christ. Um, yeah, this big sweet boy right here. I didn't think many beers, well, you prov that scored in the four point sixes, but that's yeah, that's an amazing score. That that shocked that's me. wild. Yep, this beer sounds very good to me. I I don't so I the the one aspect of this that I've been interested in, and I've had some beers with this, um, this uh. Uh, adjunct in it is it's banana, but it's this wild Thai banana. And I wonder if that has less, 
And I don't know what types of bananas you guys get. I know that the American banana now has it, – it's kind of become more and more uh, – well, I guess we'll say less and less banana-like um, over the years. It has a very distinct – like it's, it's getting closer to the candy and far – like a banana-flavored candy and farther from tasting like what a banana probably did 10 years ago. And it's happened gradually, and I can't tell because I'm stupid. Um, but I guess these wild Thai bananas, my, my thought is they maybe have less of that flavor that makes you think of banana candy. They might have a more natural sweetness to them instead of the somewhat, sometimes unnatural sweetness that that American bananas have. Um, See, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what bananas you're getting there. So I, I would love I – mean, we'll have to do a banana taste test sometime. I don't absolutely. Know. We get – your generic bananas. But one of our um, more common ones that we can get in the supermarket, but certainly you can get them at Asian grocers that are very, very common, are known as ladyfinger bananas. And I'm not sure whether they bear any relation. Yeah, very small, but you almost eat them black. You, you, The yep. skin goes a lot darker before, you, before they're ripe. So... Um, that that's a fairly common banana that that I eat as well. I'd rather have half of one of those small bananas than a big starchy, fake banana flavored, generic, cold that's storage for twelve yeah. month banana, that mm-hmm. um, is available and is cheap. So I'm not sure. Make me hungry. <laughs> um, where the these Thai wild yeah. Thai wild bananas fit into it, but. That's interesting, but I think there's so much else going on and it is more banana bread or Probably banana cake flavour. You kind of want that artificial flavour in it anyway. So that, that doesn't that doesn't sort of hurt the beer for me. I would just be in coconuts and macadamia nuts. That's all I want. I love those flavours so much. That's a cookie to me. I want that. Um, all right, Tony. Next one I think is going to get – I think these only get harder, sadly. Uh, or Or – Good for you, right? Happy anniversary. I'm going to get my pornos and, uh, you know, whatever else I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one's from Pollyanna. Do you remember Pollyanna, Tony? I know I've talked about them before. They're a brewery by me and no, uh, by, by my, uh, you know, original home, as it were, in uh, Lamont, Illinois. Nice brewery. Nice little brewery. Uh, does not do mega hype beer, but they make some very tasty beers, some good lagers, a nice drinking IPA, a good pale ale. I, I've enjoyed a lot of their beer there. Great tap room, good outdoor s- seating. Um, they got a like a river running past their place. Very good. So anyways, here is their first anniversary beer. Boy, this is so long ago. Probably five years ago, this anniversary lager came out. Pollyanna, first anniversary lager, Dunkel Zwickel. Um Ooh. Dunkel's Vickle. So here's, uh, this is 5.4%, 24 IBUs. Unlike most super uncreative breweries that decide to showcase a new hop or something for their anniversary, we decided to showcase brewing talent. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, We did this by brewing one of the most difficult beers in the world, a low alcohol German lager, and making it not only extremely complex, but exceptionally easy drinking. A blend between a German Dunkel and a German Zwickel beer. This beer is fairly dry, but sweet enough with hints of toasted hazelnut, cocoa, biscuit, and pumpernickel. Do not take this beer lightly. It's truly 
one of a kind. So, Tony, this only has 264 check-ins. Three of them are mine. <laughs> uh, and 211 ratings. Uh, so, Pollyanna, first anniversary logger, Dunkel Zwickel. We know you're a, a sucker for uh, both styles of those beers, so you mash them together. Um, sure. The Dunkel part, I think people understand how educated are people around Zwickel beers. I think they're pretty educated, those that are trying them, and especially when, when three of them are coming from, three out of 200 and whatever are coming from a Zwickel nut. Uh, let's, let's call this what it is. This sounds delicious. But it's, it's not a massive beer. So I'm going to go higher than I did on the last beer, but I'm not going to go all the way to 4.6. I'm going to go 4.3 on the knocker. Tony, I threw you. I got you off. I got you off kilter with that last one. So that's not close. Um, this one is a 3.77 for the <laughs> Dunkel Pickle. A perfectly lovely beer and a perfectly decent rating. Uh, one thing to remember is that Metropolitan Flywheel is getting like a 3.3. Oh. Lager, lager will, lager will be, will always get you on tap. You will always look at these but, beers and say, "Why well, you rate it better?" What was but, your score? Oh, oh, an amazing question, actually. Um, I'm. If it's anything like I am with anything else, uh, it would be in the fours. Uh, let's see, because I probably dragged it up a little bit. Yep, uh, I'm sure you did. Uh, Dukel's Vickle, let's pull it up. So I rated it a 4.75. Um, this is actually one of the few beers in my life, not a few, but but less than you'd think, where I just ordered it. I kept ordering it. So I yep. just have two check right back to back. I was just like, Oh, I got to get that again. Um, a lovely, a lovely beer and, and a beautiful beer to look at. Actually, the pictures of it I'm, are just sort of like kind of mesmerizing. Hope they make this again. Um, delicious, delicious lager. Loved it. Uh, so Tony, uh, the last one's for, for kicks. You're going to be stuck down there. God damn. Oh, well, Ooh. uh, yeah, I know you're depressed. Uh, but, um, oh no. Uh, Next one up. This is going to be a fun one. This is from the, uh, <laughs> boy, the unknown uh, and underappreciated gang over at Brasserie Cantillon. Jesus, how do I write you this? Have you heard of these fellas over there at the Cantillon? This will be their first uh, anniversary, right? This will be their first no, no. <laughs> Uh, this is actually not for their anniversary. Uh, this is called Super Blend. It is for the is for Akarat twentieth anniversary. Akarat is a brewery or not a brewery a um, a Belgian beer bar in Stockholm. Uh, so the Super Blend Akarat twentieth anniversary from Cantillon. For Akarat's 20th anniversary, we asked Jean Van Roy at Canti at Cantillon to make a special blend for us. Uh, this time, we uh, we wanted something spectacular without fruit, something that would age beautifully in our cellar and that we can enjoy in 20 years from now. This is a blend made from 75% 30-month-old iris and 25% 
44-month-old Grand Cru Brachilla styled Lambic. We hope that this beer will continue to develop and mature over the years to symbolize the progression of Akarat and our friendship with Cantillon Brewery. Super Blend Akarat 20th Anniversary. This sounds lovely. Iris, I believe, is the rhubarb Lambic, um, if I'm yep. not, must, not I think so, yeah. Uh, I'm an idiot, uh, and uh, I've had it multiple times, uh, actually, not to brag, but it is very good. <laughs> you just uh, bragged. Iris. Yep, just patting myself on the back. Very tasty. Iris, drink it. Uh, I think I had it at Swansea Day, just, again, telling myself how good I am. Um, yes, Iris. So, yes, I believe Iris is the rebarb one. But, uh, uh, and then Grand Cru Bruxella, I believe, is the still beer. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, also, I think that's the one that's bottled. Um, that's bottled still. Yeah, yeah, Iris is rebarb with one and two-year-old Lambic. Grand Cru Bruxella uh, is the um, is the bottled one that's I believe still right. Yes. Yeah, so all these are mixed together. Whatever. Um, and they did it for the anniversary of this random bar in Sweden that does kick ass. I uh, I recommend it if you haven't been there in Sweden. <laughs> go to Sweden. Sure. Uh, Maybe wait till the the COVID thing dies down. But Tony, give your best shot at this. This one has 284 ratings, 344 total check-ins, 6.8% for the Super Blind Akarat 20th Anniversary Lambic. Old oh, Lambic. This is a tough one because you would think people that are into Lambic are sort of specialty beer nerds. But I, I also think the local population would treat it as almost an everyday occurrence. But then those that are checking in with untapped, oh, this gets complicated. I'm probably making it more complicated than it already is. Um, oh, man, this is the toughest version of untapped I've had to play. I have to go against all my instincts. I want to rate it very, very high. But I'm going against all my instincts, and I'm putting it at 3.97. On the dot. Wow, the first first exact get. Does that get me it's out of the well? He got it on to the 100th. Does that get me out of uh, the well because I got it? Surely that well, have you have to get bonus I mean, if points. You, if you want to get out of the well, we'll get no, you I don't. out. Do you just? I was gonna, like, what's out here that you can't get down there? I don't know. COVID. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think I think you're better. No COVID. You know all the all the videos. You know, I mean, yep. maybe you're maybe you're running out of content down there. I gotta buy you some new new ones. Uh, hey, the last blockbuster is might be closing. Maybe I'll go. No, they don't have the they don't have the back room. I can't get the, the old VHS tapes. Um, yeah, three point nine seven on the dot. I I would kill to drink this beer if you're wondering. Um, literally, I would consider some kind of murder. I don't know. Um, to, I would love to try this. Actually, the most rare beer ever. The like the hardest beer to get ever is the Akarat. Um, 
Fado, um, uh, if I can, uh, is, uh, oh, I can't find it. I don't know, but there's this, uh, sorry, I'm just talking nonsense, but they, the Cantillon for the opening of, of Akarat made a, a Fado, which is like a, um, a brown sugar lambic blend that you rarely would be able to, to really make or, or bottle or really even keg because there's so much, because there's this sugar in there that yep. mixed with it. But it's just, it was the like hardest beer in the world to find for a long time. And it was selling for like 2000 3000 4000 $5,000 a bottle. Uh, insane, which I'll never pay, but, uh, and probably doesn't exist anymore. And it probably tastes like absolute asshole by this point, <laughs> but uh, I would not recommend it. All right, Tony. Another another winning game there. What what a show! Uh, just a lot of a lot of food babble. And most of it was just about chicken, which Absolutely. I think is ideal for us. Yep. Really, it is for a beer based show. I think chicken is the next logical step because chicken seltzer and and fucking forty year old lambic. What a what a day! <laughs> Perfect. Another winner for us, huh? Happy anniversary, Tony. It's been a pleasure doing the show with you for a year. I love getting on here every week and talking it, psycho for 20, for, for like way too long um, for, uh, you know, 1 million people to listen to. It is. A, it's a great thing to, um, to do every week. I really enjoy it. I don't care how many people listen. The fact that anybody is listening is, is a bonus because it's just so much fun to do. Hey, let's get it to two million next year, huh? Let's do it. All right, uh, Tony. Uh, if people can find us, uh, if people want to find us, they can. They could uh, go go to Instagram, check us out, Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. That's the best place to do it, really. If you're looking for us, is to get on Instagram and find us. Um, you can message us there. You can comment on our pictures. You can look at our pictures. I, I post there pretty regularly. You sure do. Uh, the other important thing to do, and where there's lots of activity. If you want to come chit chat with pals that talk about beer and Celsius and chicken and gambling and basketball and gambling is on discord. So get on there and send us a note. You know, we're doing it. We're just out there yep. chit chatting. Sometimes we pop on. Sometimes we're not talking we'll, on video. We'll have some more hangs. We'll do some yep, we'll have more hangs. I'm actually thinking about Tony, you know, not to spoil it, but I'm thinking about creating a private channel for us on that area so that when we're recording everyone just knows we're recording so if anyone wants to ping us and say like hey i'm chilling you know you guys want to come hang out after the show yep we could just do that um so we might start recording on the pub channel you guys can just like you know ping us we'll we'll come hang out after the show we'll just give you all the lowdown so if there's any secrets that happen today we can just kind of spoil it early huh um <laughs> i don't know what that would be hey we talked about chicken um uh, hey, Gr uh, hey, Griff. Yes. Yes. Hey, Griff. Uh, you should ask Tony about Untapped. Hey, Tony, what do you think? Uh, should people follow us on Untapped? They certainly should, and especially uh, Griff AD on Untapped. He would be my first point of call. He has mm -hmm. some unique beers. He has anniversary beers. He might even check one of them in directly one after each other. I wonder if he give the, gave yeah, them different ratings. But you can also <laughs> check out me on Untapped. I'm, I'm not that kind yeah. of person that will rate the same beer twice, one after another. And that, yeah, I'm Griff AD, by the way. Yeah, I did say that you were Griff AD. You weren't listening, okay. though. But I am St. Moz on Untapped. So uh, if you want to check us out there, you can. You can also email us, 
if you want to do the uh, the pleasure oh, yeah, giving that email address out, that'd be great. Beer engine show at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Uh, if you're, except if you're like Comcast or uh, podcast promoter dot biz, <laughs> do not, please do not email us. You don't, ha- you don't have to email us. I did enjoy reading those for a while, but I, I think I'm done with those now. So you didn't read uh, Paul from Verbal, spelt completely weird with the L at the end, just. Cool. Paul from Verbal. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, I've, I've been passing over those. Um, but yeah, lots of ways to reach us. Get out there. Come chat with us. We're, we're you know, it's not, um, it is not high pressure. If you are somehow afraid to come hang out with us on Discord, you should be. There is, yeah. uh, it is, it is not the, uh, I would say it's not even the level of psycho, it's not even close to the level of psychotic of the uh, TAI forums. And those, I would I, hope I, not. And, um, yeah, there's we have not reached that level of of um Don't scare people uh, off for Christ's sake. Right, yeah, that's not it's not like that. It is uh it is just people chilling and losing money. Yep, and <laughs> almost, chatting about chicken losing, sandwiches. Losing money, if losing money itis right now. I have lost I have I'm just getting killed. I can't win a goddamn thing right now. All right, Tony. I got nothing else. I think I've babbled for a long time. What do you got? Anything else to send these folks off with? I would just say the first anniversary is traditionally a paper anniversary. So if you want to get us a gift, get us a gift of paper. And the paper I'm thinking about is money. And the greatest of those paper monies is the Iraqi denier. Um so get me some of that. That's coming back. That's what Q says. Don't invest in gold. Invest in a currency that went through hyperinflation that no longer exists. Um, that's, mm. that's what we want. We want that or some Zimbabwe dollars, you know, that where it costs you um, $7 million to buy a pint of milk. That's what we want. Give us some paper money. We deserve it for all the entertainment we've given you. Only, only Bitcoin for me. You can, you can hook me up with Bitcoin. My Bitcoins are flying through the roof, by the way, just if anyone's wondering. All right, more on Bitcoin next week. Uh, see you guys later. Bye.